And welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block, and we're sorry for the delay. Um, we have a special guest with us today, which would be our fearless leader, um, Elliot Alu Axelman from New Hampshire, going to give us a quick report on what happened in New Hampshire today, and then we'll get back to the regular scheduled events. Go. All right. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. So today we had a hearing in the Ballot Law Commission of New Hampshire, and they were um, hearing a complaint by a citizen named Karen Steele, who lives in Atkinson, and I'll come back around to that later. Um, she complained to officially remove uh, 14 representatives, I believe, a total of 16, really, who supported independence, either by sponsoring legislation that we've written about, CACR 32, or by voting in favor of it. So 16 reps, I think she officially filed to remove 13 or 14 from the ballot. And pretty much, I, we have an article on libertyblock.com. It's the second most recent article you can check out. It has all the details of her complaint, um, the official complaint she sent to the Secretary of State or the Ballot Law Commission. And we have like 15 different arguments refuting her complaint. Um, totally baseless complaint. Very funny. She says it's treason. It's not treason for a lot of reasons. Um, but anyway, the the commission voted five to nothing to totally dismiss the complaint. The, the attorney general had a representative, um, the assistant attorney general or whoever lawyer from his office, who's also a, a member, non-voting member, but a member of the commission, the ballot law commission. And they asked him as far as the, you know, the criminal or legal aspect of this, because the ballot law commission said they don't really have jurisdiction, which they're probably right um, about jurisdiction to throw someone off the ballot for this. Um, but the attorney general's representative said, of all the case law and laws and everything he could find, he can't find any reason why sponsoring legislation or supporting it to be independent or to put independence on the ballot is rebellion or treason or destruction because those things, according to history and all definitions, require violence and there was no violence. So even he, who obviously is not on our side, said there was no violence and we had like Matt Santanastaso, the number one co-sponsor of the bill right there. Everyone knows that he's not a violent person. Um, Ian Freeman, you know, a big pacifist was there. We, you know, the movement is very much uh, peaceful and literally the amendment legislation the amendment would have said peaceably. So we're, we're all peaceful. So very interesting. Um, they dismissed it on jurisdictional grounds, which I understand, but I also would have appreciated them dismissing it on you know, more uh, procedural grounds on the merit, saying that you can't throw people off the ballot for uh, insurrection if it's not violent. But they just said, we don't really have the authority to throw people off the ballot, especially in this case. Um, this, this was kind of a novel case. Uh, most cases before the BLC is like someone's petitions for the ballot was, or they didn't register in time for the election and they kick them off the ballot. They're very simple. This was more complicated. So, but they did rule five nothing. Um, I'm a bit upset about the jurisdictional um, grounds for the dismissal, but um, overall, we're all pretty happy. Um, this lady was so funny, this Karen. So she lives in Atkinson, I believe, where Peter Tarogia, one of the sponsors of the bill, is running for state Senate now, and he has a tough primary. So maybe she was just out to get him. Maybe she's a Democrat or a rhino out to get him to hurt him in the primary. Again, this doesn't really hurt. Independence is supported by 52% of Republicans in the state. So saying he's supporting independence doesn't really hurt much. So what was so funny is that she kept complaining about the Civil War, saying the Civil War settled this issue. Might makes right. And I couldn't speak. And I said amen, which I, I shouldn't have even said amen. <laughs> but um, I, I couldn't speak. We were not allowed to legally speak. And this hearing goes public, but not public comment. And I really wanted to say, OK, if might makes right, then um, what the hell does peace mean? What does civility mean if we can go kill people? Because I'm stronger. I was carrying a G19 with like 30 extra rounds in my mag. So I had the might in that room. Um, you know, I could have killed everyone. Might makes right. It's a ridiculous argument. Um, but also the Civil War, saying the Civil War, settle that is ridiculous. Um, she said, if you join a union, you can't leave unilaterally. OK, so next year. And help us craft a bill to abolish unilateral no-fault divorce in New Hampshire. See what happens then. If both parties have to agree to join, therefore both parties have to agree to separate. 
this is um, retarded stuff over here. So um, yeah, she also mentioned like she was complaining that there were so many secessionist groups. She kind of thinks we're all one group, even though we're decentralized. But she also acknowledged there are like six different groups, and she started rattling off all the websites. Didn't mention Liberty Block, unfortunately, I don't think. But she mentioned, I believe, NewHampshireIndependence.org, the FNHI, the nonprofit that I'm chairman of, the uh, NHX.us, NHX.org. She mentioned NewHampshireSecession.com. She mentioned so many sites, and she kept giving us free publicity. Um, she's like, oh, there are so many organizations for secession in New Hampshire. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty popular. <laughs> I can I just I think the jurisdictional argument. I think the jurisdictional argument was actually the best possible result, not the worst possible result. If they had gotten to the merits, that would have set the precedent that anybody who files a complaint gets a merits hearing. Whereas, especially according to the New Hampshire Constitution, the ballot, the ballot commission doesn't have the jurisdiction to make that determination at all. The House gets to decide on the yes. qualifications of its members. So you've basically, that ruling cuts off any future challenges. Whereas if they had made an issue, a ruling on the merits that, well, there's no violence, for instance, then you'd have future challenges. And the issue would be, well, was there enough violence? Was there violence at all? And and you'd have a whole litigation that you'd have to fight through to get on the ballot. And you'd also have to worry about who's sitting on that board. Whereas yeah. if they don't even have jurisdiction to hear it in the first place, that's a much better result, in my opinion. Can I, I just want to ask one question, Alu. Did the Queen send a representative? You know, I was talking to another representative and I did say, if a declaration of independence is not proper, illegitimate, we are still British subjects, all of us. And I told him, you know, we've written articles and done videos of this in the past um, about the crimes, such as my horrible British accent, and that we really should apologize to the Queen because the separation in 76 was not legitimate. So I did mention that to, I believe, one of the state representatives today. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Any other questions for Alu? All right. Any other issues with me? No issues with you. I just I think that the <laughs> jurisdictional argument was the the best argument that you could have re, that you could have gotten from them. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I totally hear um, both sides of that. Um, again, it's not a regular court. This is a commission of five people, some of which are also in other government. The AG is there. The Secretary of State himself was there, um, and he didn't comment on this issue. But there were a few others there. But yeah, it's a commission of five. I don't know what kind of hearings they have. You know, um, I, I have no idea. But yeah, it was. That was interesting. Um, like, like what, what I was saying, Ed, what I'm saying is that the left can spin this as a win saying, see, it was a jurisdictional technicality, like when in court, when things get thrown out because the court says they don't have jurisdiction. Whereas if they would have had on the merits, they would have won. So I know the left will spin it that way, which is fine um, because because the, the commissioners, all five of them were like, we're going to vote yes on the motion to dismiss this. But um, just no, don't make any mistakes. We do not support secession, this abhorrent behavior. And I would have no sympathy for these people if they lost the election. You know, so they, they made it very clear that they don't support secession. Um, but the five commissioners, they were all pretty statist, I think. So that that's, I guess, why I was, you know, a bit not super happy about that. But I understand, obviously. Well, I think Ed's making a great argument, as always. So when people make their argument, make his back, and then they'll realize they didn't win. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go to the gym. Thanks a lot, guy. Looking forward, looking forward to hearing the show tonight. Okay. That's our regularly uh, scheduled program. Um, I just want to give everybody a chance to talk about what's most important to them before I steal the show, as always. Gina, number one. Why did you have to pick me first? 
Um, I have to answer that with a lot of misogynistic things because no. Maloney, Maloney lost her congressional race here after 30 years in Congress. Oh, I know. Said, the Penguin Man won. I was thinking the Penguin She said the Democrat Party is such a misogynist, and that's why she lost. So I want to be very careful since I live, unfortunately, in the same state. So just do me a favor, Gina, and pretend you identify as whatever you identify and talk about what you think is most important in the news. <laughs> um, well, obviously, I think it's going to be the student debt forgiveness that's really not um, getting rid of any debt. It's just being transferred to other individuals. Um, so that finally uh, came, came to fruition today. Uh, the Biden administration campaigned on that. And so it looks like households will receive anywhere from ten dollars to $20,000, depending on if they received Pell Grants um, to do their education, ten dollars to $20,000 if they make less than $125,000 as an individual or less than $250,000 as a household, um, ten dollars to $20,000 of forgiveness of their loans. And uh, I knew the $10,000 was coming. I did not know anything about the $20,000. So I was kind of shocked to hear that. And maybe they had discussed it before and I just missed it, but that's, <laughs> that's a lot of money. Um, one question I want to ask about this story, if anybody has a educated opinion, somebody wrote an article saying he simply does not have the authority to do this legally. No, I read an article er earlier today. He does not have the authority to do this. Um, the question is, who has standing to challenge it? Who is injured by this? Who has standing in a in uh, Article well, Three in court? The same world, the same world, every yeah, yeah, exactly. It's an impeachment issue. We all know he's not going to be impeached. So let's review. Who has standing to have this enjoined? Okay, if you're not in a court where judges do it, it wouldn't be an enjoined. Is any taxpayer well, standing? What? Any taxpayer? Any taxpayer has standing because it's our money. However, courts can do what they want. No, because nobody has standing. standing requires standing requires an individualized injury. Your yes, injury has individualized to be different. Individualized stealing money from my taxes. No, no, but that's the same injury that every member of the public has. You and have that's to have exactly a right. Particularized. That's you have to have and, a particularized. And can I show you how ridiculous that is? That means that if I steal everybody's money in the entire country, nobody has standing because it's not particularized. How does that even? No, make because no, because everyone then would have particularized would have in, would have an injury. What the, is that the government mean? is it, it's different. You, you, there's no and and honestly, it's a good thing that not everyone has standing. Otherwise, the government would never be able to do anything. You'd have private citizens suing the government to stop every action that it does and you why know, is that bad i know why is that bad well i mean if you want to have a, if you want to just disband the government and have no government then that's not bad but all right so my point ed and you're the lawyer so you tell me is that this is completely illegal and unconstitutional and yet it will 100 percent stand up in court well i think it's basically the well when I read it earlier today, I was thinking that it's the flip side of Nixon's attempt to impound funds, um, except with the impoundment of funds, there was there were people impounding funds is where Congress appropriates money and the president says, you know what, 
you guys want to spend this money, but I don't think it's wise. So I'm just going to hold the money in the treasury. But that was legal for 200 years. It just, right. and then, but then it became illegal when yeah. they, when they made an article of impeachment about it. Um, mm -hmm. It hasn't been challenged since, but at least since 1974, the president hasn't had the power to impound funds. Um, and this is basically the same. This is almost the reverse thing. It's, it's instead of saying, one I won't stealing, spend the money. He's saying, I won't, instead of saying, I won't spend the money, he's saying, I won't collect the money. Yeah. Like if he were to, if he were to say, I'm no longer going to collect any taxes at all from any person below $100,000 of income per year. Well, it's funny that you say that, Ed, because that's exactly where I was going. I think instead of bellyaching about it, the Republicans should turn around and say, you know what? Anytime we can't get a tax cut through Congress, this is our new goal. This is our new way of doing it. We're just not going to collect taxes from those people. That's our that's our decision. No, because then it will go to court and everybody will have standing. Nobody so will have standing. Everybody. Yeah, again. Hold on a second. Standing is whatever a judge says it is right or wrong. I mean, not in this case. There's no argument. That's that not what I'm made. asking. If a judge says that Mickey Mouse has standing, does Mickey Mouse not have standing? I mean, judges have authority, but there's judges have 100 percent the legal rules. I know what the legal rules authority. are. There's no there are no rules. No plausible Ed. argument. Ed, there's no Ed, plausible argument. I'm asking you a simple question. If a judge says Mickey Mouse has standing, does he have standing until an appeal overturns it? It depends on what the unicorns say. No, it doesn't depend on what the unicorns say. A judge rules, you have standing, you have standing. Well, there is no it, remedy. It depends on, you have a panel of three unicorns. No. If the panel of three unicorns says they have standing, then- That's not true, Ed. That's, Ed, I'm, I'm sorry that you as an attorney are saying that. Tell me the, there's anything in a judge does in a courtroom that is not absolute law in that courtroom and in that case. You can't come up with anything because that's how the court system is designed. If it you're asking me are the courts corrupt right now, I would say that in a lot of respects they I'm are. I'm not asking you if they're corrupt, Ed. Okay, I'm not I'm asking saying... you if they're corrupt. I'm asking you if they have absolute authority on any matter whatsoever until thrown out on appeal. I'm telling you that there is no good faith, straight-faced argument standing in that case i'm not asking you if there is i'm not, and you're not answering the question i'm asking you the and if the you're asking me can a judge do whatever he wants yes but yes. it's wrong it's the legal it doesn't matter if a judge says it. today that he's going to lock you up for 25 years are you going to jail for 25 years until you the, get another judge if the judge signs a general warrant yes. that you can search mar-a-lago yes yes they search mar-a-lago yes, yes i get it judges do illegal things yes and, and that is the law until overturned on appeal. That's all I want you to admit to me. It doesn't matter. If a judge says somebody has standing, they have standing. If a judge says they don't have standing, they don't have standing. The judges determine it and they are what rules. The Supreme Court said states don't have standing against other states. That's 100% against what the Constitution specifically says that well, they have the first judgment on any state against state case. Okay? They said they don't have standing. They, 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 they shouldn't be against they shouldn't they be getting say, away with malpractice. That's what impeachment is for. But if you you guys aren't listening, maybe I'm not communicating well. Uh, Until no, I, you impeach them, that is the law. Period. But it I'm saying that that's the remedy for a that's 
the remedy for a rogue judge. Uh, well, how many judges have been impeached in the last hundred years? I, I get it, believe me, Stephen. I get it. I'm just now saying. they just find some millions of dollars um, as in Pennsylvania for doing something corrupt. However, what they did stood until overturned. Correct or not correct? Well, Steve, say, what are you arguing? Agree. Are you arguing that due process shouldn't take, shouldn't govern? That if a judge does something that you think is wrong, you should be able to throw thunderbolts at him and have it reversed? No, due process applies. It still has to be appealed. We have to follow the formal procedures. What's up, Gina? <laughs> oh no, I just like the thunderbolts. I was gonna, I was gonna start. Yeah, we all, we all believe in four. The, in so the once again, theory. so I am correct. Thank you for admitting it. If a judge gives anybody standing against the president of the United States, they have standing and the only recourse is due process going up the chain of appeals. Thank you. I won the argument. But the, the, argument. the question really is, Ed, is it going to stand or is it going to fail? I say it's going to stand even though it's illegal. Biden's order? No one's going to have yeah. standing to challenge it. And so I don't think anybody, and if, and if a Republican president said, we're not going to collect taxes between 40 and 50 percent or 32 and 38 percent or whatever it is. Nobody would have standing to challenge that other than I guess Congress theoretically might. But I don't think that would survive the political question doctrine. That would be an impeachment issue. It's not and, a, a court. I'm surprised at you because you're the one who taught me that there are no rules, that they do whatever they want, even though it's hypocritical, that when judges said Arizona was violating federal law on an immigration issue, they ruled one way, and when it went in the other direction, they ruled the other way, and it makes no difference. So they can easily give anybody standing that they want to, and all we can do is complain it's hypocritical. No one's getting impeached. And all I'm saying is, I I know what the rules are on standing. There are no as rules, I excuse today, me, Ed. Ed, what are the even, rules on standing? I am I am not aware of any argument that someone could make that would justify standing to challenge that that rule. Does that mean a judge won't make something up? I don't know. I mean, maybe he'll rely on what a unicorn says. Maybe excuse me, judges rely I mean, on unicorns every single day in this country. Yes, like the Mar-a-Lago thing, they do rely on unicorns. Judges do unbelievably ridiculous things every day because they feel like it and they can. How can you deny that? Okay, well, then how can I, then there's no point in predicting. If you're just saying it's deuces wild and anything goes, then you no, can't predict anything. Any point and, and by the way, if that's your argument, that's exactly why stare decisis is so important so that you can predict what's gonna happen. Stare decisis, excuse me, Ed. You know what? I argue with lawyers all my life they always defend the legal system. Stare decisis means nothing until you appeal it. Said, Ed, Ed, I am a lower I court judge. Ed, I'm a lower court judge. I say F uh -huh. the Supreme Court, I'm gonna rule what I want. Is my ruling good until it's overthrown on appeal? Yes. Like I said, due process yes. requires yes. you follow a procedure. Stare before decisis it gets overturned. does not mean I can stop a judge from making any ruling he wants. It means that a year later, $100,000 later, I can get it thrown back. That's why stare decisis doesn't mean anything because a judge does not bound by stare decisis. No, 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 you're, no, no, Stephen, you're totally freaking wrong right now because what you're arguing for is to institutionalize this kind of anything goes mentality. That's what would happen if I'm there's no stare decisis. If there's no stare decisis, there's no basis for appeal. Everything is just a, a guess. 
No, there That's is the reality is, yes, the reality is I'm not prescribing that. I'm describing what the court system is. They do whatever they want, period. There is no rules for a court because there are there, no, there there are are no rules. sanctions against they, they, judges. There are no sanctions against judges. And no, there, there aren't. Are, there generally aren't sanctions against judges. Exactly, not therefore, there are no rules. Therefore, there are no rules. Well, the, that's the obvious true. example is uh, Obergefell. They judge shopped to find a gay activist judge in San Francisco. And he did all the quote unquote finding of facts. None of the facts that he found were correct, but he. No, but that case came out that, of Kentucky, didn't it? No, it came out of San Francisco. Anyway, then uh, it, you know, it, it went up and, and the appeals courts added their own lipstick to that particular pig. So um, I, I think Steve is right that, that the courts do whatever they want. Um, and especially if the district court judge is uh, both uh, biased, because he's the finder of fact in these cases, right? So it, it's very, very difficult. Um, if someone didn't collect taxes, um, like some Republican decided not to collect taxes, um, you, they, they certainly would find some judge uh, somewhere that would give uh, you know, the ACLU standing or whoever, you know, to say that this was, uh, um, you know, violates equal protection of the law or something. And then the judge would rule it and, and he would make up facts just like the Obergefell judge did. And it would go up and, you know, it may or may not get with, you know, um, overthrown, but I doubt it. And in this case, um, you know, even if they get some Texas judge, uh, you know, or Louisiana judge or something who is a staunch conservative, I, I don't see him, you know, the conservative judges obey the legal procedures. And I, I so I mean, I, I think Stevens in in sense, right, I think if liberals try this conservative judges won't stop it. And if conservatives try it with taxes, then liberal judges will stop. We saw that under they Trump. still have to write a legal opinion. And I don't know what legal opinion they could write that would that would rationalize standing in that case. Uh, no, I, I agree. I'm not the smartest guy Trump, in the world, but remember when I'm a, Trump I'm a banned guy. people a, from people yeah. from coming into the country, right? And and the, we've all read the law, right? He can do anything he wants, anytime he wants, for any reason he wants. That's what the law says with regard to banning immigrants. So Trump did that, and uh, it got overturned like by five judges within 30 seconds. Um, so, right? Yeah. I know. I know what to tell you. I mean, I think you're right on the law and Steve is right on the philosophy. Okay. Anybody else want to vote? So how does this Throw exactly thunderbolts, work? Gina. Huh? Throw some thunderbolts. <laughs> I got nothing after that. I was going to go pop some popcorn and just keep watching. Uh, <laughs> Gina, you said this was for Pell Grants only? Um, for up, no, 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 no. So that's for up to the $20,000. So everybody under the $125,000 mark will get at least $10,000 families. And they'll take that from financial records from people that had applied for Pell Grants, for example, since they have that, it will go up to $20,000. Is this only for people who have outstanding loans? Because obviously my loan is paid off, but uh, yeah, I could, if watch. they want to give me the money back for the loan, I'd be very you're happy. Not getting crap. Don't get very excited. Poor back. Let's just yeah, skip nothing. to my mortgage. I, I want to have my mortgage taken care of. <laughs> That'll probably be coming. Well, they do that through inflation, Mike. So you don't have to worry about that. <laughs>
And did you guys just see uh, Joe Biden for the second time just now has COVID? Well, she tested Again? positive after Paxlovid. Again. Oh, Jill? Jill or Joe? Yeah. Jill? Jill. Jill. The greatest doctor. Yeah. You know that one. Right. All right. Before I move off of raving about courts, let's talk about Paul Pelosi. Five days. What did five he get? Five days in the slammer. He got. Oh, he got five, five days. days. I thought he only five got... days, but he got two for already being in it. Two for good behavior for those two days and one day suspended. Oh, so he was in the slammer was, over the weekend. The one day was a and... work program. Okay, or work, right, suspended for a work program. So basically, under equal justice, under law, he got what everybody would have gotten had they uh, messed up another car. So, like I say, they do what they want. And you can't I, 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 that, so... I, I wonder whether his license is going to be suspended. That's almost always mandatory. Did anybody what hear mandatory? that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I was going to ask that same question. And, and But Stephen, this was not the judge's decision. The prosecutor made a deal with them. I'm sorry. Judges do not have to accept prosecutor deals, correct or not correct? They don't have to. But no, they turn down plea deals whenever they feel like it. They don't have to. Not and whenever they feel easily like it. could have said, I'm not accepting zero jail time for which should have been charged as a felony. And when they absolutely refuse specifically to let- Wait a minute, no, no. Of, what oh, should have been down. charged as a felony? Are you saying that the judge should superimpose his opinion over the, the prosecutor's opinion? I'm saying he should not have accepted a plea deal unless all the evidence was put into the court. And it wasn't. The judge gets, you think the judge gets to overrule the prosecutor's judgment on what to charge? <laughs> Even if he doesn't get to overrule, it's a yes or no, Stephen. <laughs> no, he doesn't get to overrule what the charge. He gets to reject a plea deal and say, "Come back no, no. when all the facts are in." So evidence. he gets to he, he gets to reject a plea deal. deal based on something that's not in the record. This is fantastic. I'm loving this argument. So I shoot Mayor Kahan in front of fifty people. Okay, the prosecutor says none of those fifty people are allowed within five miles of the court. And the judge says, okay, we'll let him off because it wasn't put into the record. And somehow that makes sense if you go to law school. I don't know how it makes sense. No, no, that's not what happened. Are videos what happened? of what happened. happened. They refused to make any of these videos public because they knew there would be a public outcry. So they let them all go out to the public the minute after this crooked plea deal, after there was a secret meeting no. yesterday, which I think Steve, no, no. reported on. The, the, the analogy to, to Mayor Kahani would be, or it would be, some guy shoots 50 people, but instead of being charged with attempted murder, 50 counts of attempted murder, he gets charged with 50 counts of simple assault. And then he pleads down on what a simple assault charge would be. And the and the and you're telling the judge, you're saying the judge should overrule the prosecutor's decision on what to charge and punish him based on what he should have charged in the judge's opinion. That's what you're arguing. No, I guess I'm arguing that it makes sense that a prosecutor can let anybody off and there's nothing anybody could do about it, which once again is a thoroughly corrupt system, okay? That's First what happened with Paul Pelosi. The, the prosecutor exactly agreed to the deal. And yeah, I mean, like, you just admitted judges do not have to accept plea deals. And they don't have to accept it for- Judges reason. don't get to punish people but based on things that the prosecutor is not charging them with. Excuse me, can a judge not accept a plea deal and say, we're gonna come back and hear this case in six months? How? Yes. In theory, he could. Yes, 100% he could. And there's nothing a prosecutor could do about that. It's not the judge's job to do that. 
It is the judge's job to rule on every plea deal. Every single plea deal has to be signed off on by a judge. Right. And the but but the judge's job is to make sure that there's a factual basis for it. Not whoa, 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 whoa. Why are you contradicting yourself? Factual basis. There were no facts and evidence. You just told me. Should he make a decision based on facts, not in evidence? What the facts fa did he have in evidence? We don't know because none of this was public. Because they it went was public. I don't remember. Back. I don't remember the exact specifics, but they they reduced the charge. Okay. They 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 punished him based on a lesser charge, which is not unusual, honestly, in a first uh, DUI case. Um, Actually, it, it, what my understanding is, it's a felony if there's uh, injury, and there was injury. My argument is that this was a backroom deal yesterday between supposedly a meeting between the prosecutor, the defense attorney, and the judge to set it up. And then they went into court the next day and pretended they didn't know anything about it. That's number one. Stephen, have um, you ever, this is a serious question. Have you ever gotten a speeding ticket or a moving violation? Yes. Have you ever gone and challenged it in court? Yes. Or do you just pay it straight? It depends where. I challenge it. Challenge it in court. I've challenged it. <laughs> in New then, York, you then you know it. how this how this whole process works. Everything gets played played down. Excuse Everything. Me. There is a different. Every single defendant in between traffic a DUI, court. A DUI that's potentially fatal and a speeding ticket. I mean, come on. And I'm not defending off. what the prosecutor did. I'm saying you're investing the judge with too much power. No, I'm investing him with the power he has to reject a plea deal. Who imposes sentence, the prosecutor or the judge? The judge who imposes the sentence, the judge does. Thank but you. the judge Why doesn't the judge get to, accept the sentence with nothing. With the misdemeanor the judge doesn't get to, The judge should not be given the power to substitute his you're opinion dead, as to what should have been charged and what should have been prosecuted over Ed, the prosecutor. What was the maximum sentence on what he was prosecuted? I don't I don't know offhand. Can we assume it's more than one day of work release? I'm sure it's more than it, on a DUI. It's more than five days of jail time. Okay. Yes. So that is the judge and no one else. Thank you. No, you're wrong. If the prosecutor decides not to charge that. You just, not said, you just said the judge imposes the sentence. But he has you to impose it on. He can and only impose a on... sentence. No, 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 no. Stop interrupting me. He can't impose a sentence on something that wasn't charged and that the prosecution doesn't prosecute. You're asking him to charge. To I just it. said to you that on the charge he was charged with, are we agreeing that the sentence could possibly uh, be much more than five? No, I don't, you I don't know. I don't know what he's I don't know what he pled down to. I don't know what he was. Well, I asked you that question 120 seconds ago. On okay. the charge that he pled down to, was there a possible sentence of more than one day of work release? You said yes. No problem if you misspoke. No, I thought you were asking me something no, different. That's not I what I'm asking because I'm not nearly as stupid as people think I am. Okay? What I'm saying is he could have imposed a harsher sentence, and instead he gave this guy one day of work release. Once again, and there's nothing anybody can do because you can't appeal sentences. We In Israel, they can, by the way. In Israel, you can go back to a higher court and get a higher sentence. To my knowledge, that's illegal in America. And it should be. Oh, I don't know if it should be. It shouldn't be, but it is, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I gotta interrupt you for one second. Are you guys reading the chat? Oh, you already saw it, Mike, you got it. I think she was referring to, <laughs> referring to Stephen. she thought you were a Democrat. <laughs> 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 I'm a Thanks, Democrat. Faith. Why am I a Democrat? 
I don't know. Because you want they judges asked- to overrule the elected <laughs> branches. That's why. Well, how do I how do I want them to overrule the elected branches? Because the prosecutor is an elected position. The prosecutor has discretion to decide <laughs> what to prosecute, what to drop, what plea deals to make. And you're saying a judge should overrule oh, no, 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 that no. decision and impose First of all, the I'm judge's a decision on a sentence. I'm sorry, I'm a little confused. Okay, I'll straighten you out. Prosecutors are part of which of the three branches of government? Say that again? Prosecutors are part of which of the three branches of government? The executive branch. And you just said, I wanted the legislature, the, the what do you call it? To overrule. I said, you, wanna, you oh. want the judge to overrule the elected branches. The legislature and the, exec, and the executive are the elected branches. Yeah, you're, you're arguing. Way, judges you're, are you're, elected you're, in many jurisdictions as well. So that that, that argument doesn't okay. even hold the water. Judges are I also still elected. don't think even an elected, elected judge. I still don't think even an elected judge should overrule the elected political branches. I mean, you're making an argument branch. against the executive branch as much as the judicial branch because we know that there are prosecutors who suck, and we know we have Soros prosecutors everywhere now that are let, letting criminals out on the street. Right, but I don't yeah. think it's the ju- I don't think it's the judiciary's function to fix that. It's up to us as citizens to vote new prosecutors in. I I, I get it. I agree. I don't think we vote in all prosecutors. Yes, we do. All DAs in all states and jurisdictions are elected? Not federal, but yeah, state. Not federal. Not federal. Right. Right. Okay. Or, or we can try to remove but, them from office, like the guy in San Francisco that was. But even the, the, the U.S. attorneys in, in the federal system are appointed and have to be confirmed. ADAs yeah. are confirmed in the federal system? Not the ADA. So I'm correct. So not all prosecutors in the federal system. The, pro- the, the head prosecutor, the one who's in charge, under whose authority all the deals are made, is elected or appointed with advice and consent. Right, but nobody would agree, would argue that the Attorney General of the United States, who's appointed under advice and consent, supervises every federal plea deal. On the contrary, no, no, it's not about whether he actually reads every one. It's who is he? Who is he accountable to the people? He's not Do the accountable. People have a to way of voting him all out. He does he goes to Congress and he says, "I wasn't aware of this particular deal," and therefore he's not accountable. That, listen, no, but the person who appointed him, Jordan, uh, butchering, huh? Did you watch the Jim Jordan slaughter that I shared with you? I didn't actually watch that. I saw the story, but I didn't read it or Absol- see it. Absolutely slaughtered Rosenstein and somebody before him, and partially because of this, because the guy who's like one of the heads of DOJ apparently keeps saying, "I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware." <laughs> Jordan keeps saying, "But you're in charge. What do you mean you're not aware? You appointed the force." Well, I wasn't aware. All right, let's get on to let's let's charge topic topics. Well, again, the bigger point here is that if you're in the club, you get away with murder. Right? Simple. Yeah, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, now you're going to tell unless, me unless Kennedy yeah. got away with murder? Come on. Yeah. Now, people think we have a, a, a two-tiered justice system, but we don't. We only have one, you know, we only have one uh, basic rule. If you're, if you're part of the regime, you get off. If you're not part of the regime, you get stopped. Mm-hmm. Gina, do you have thunderbolts behind you now? Look yeah. at you. I, it was a, tra- it was like a transfer that. of power. I like that. Well, here's a good ruling by a judge. He must have had a good reason. 
Maryland judge rules to allow school to change students' names without parental consent. Now, I'm sure you looked to stare decisis before uh, ruling that parents don't have the right to know what gender their children are being treated as. But he said it, and therefore that will be the law in that district. Federal district judge. Until it's appealed and, and overruled, yes. Americans are growing more worried about the direction of the nation. That's why Washington- Am I playing that or somebody else playing it? I must be playing that. You must be. Yeah. <laughs> You are, I like, you are it. I like tech... that guy's voice, though. It's kind of yeah, soothing. Yeah, a good voice. Yeah. Tech wizard, though. Yeah, it's better than mine. <laughs> Sounded a little bit like the jiggle jiggle guy. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. So my um, my thing is that uh, the conservatives slipped five school boards in Florida, including my Miami Dade last night. That was uh, that was a little white pill for all of us. Um, Miami-Dade, uh, now the largest uh, school board in the nation with a conservative majority, and hopefully they will do some good anti-woke things and set the path for other citizens to get involved with their school boards and uh, try to unelect some of these uh, neo-Marxists and you know, trans-Marxists and queer Marxists and black Marxists and all the Marxists. So that's my white pill for the day. Well, there's other good news. Fauci is going to retire before the elect, you know, Yay. before the next. I don't know whether that's good news because he's going to get a $20 million advance on his uh, memoirs and uh, a, another way of grifting the system. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, you know. So where do you, where do you see him going next? Because he says he's still got all this passion. Is he going to teach somewhere what do you think he's going to end up doing he's gonna oh he's going to do Lucifer. all the things he, all he, the yeah, things no. all the things no he's going to be put on the board of directors of a large number of companies each one paying 30 to fifty thousand dollars a year he's going to get a huge advance for a book that he's not going to write that somebody else is going to write he's going to be in the media constantly because um he will uh you know, be, be pushing the same sort of garbage they pushed for the last couple of years. Uh, he won't have a official media gig, but he'll be on MSNBC and CNN, and CBS, all that, all the time commenting. You know, chief but, will, but will he do with all his things? Will he be given the opportunity to throw a first pitch again? Redeem himself? <laughs> Is that in all the things? Just one, I have a proposal. one second. Yeah. I have a serious proposal. <laughs> I think there should be a baseball game and one side Fauci should pitch and the other side Barack Obama should pitch. <laughs> Barack what Obama. Uh, I did a blog post on one of his uh, opening day pitches one time. I called it the flop. And uh, okay. What so, was the guy that used to do the, uh, the wait, Stern I, show? I'm not supposed to say it. He, he threw like a girl. Who? Barack Obama. It's a girl. Yeah, I was just going to. Back in the day when we knew what it was. He threw like one. Oh. Who was the guy that was even worse than all that? He was, um, I don't know if he did like the engineering or something for uh, Howard Stern. Do you guys remember that pitch? That was like 20 years ago. I do think, you know, I am serious about the book thing. The book will uh, come out obviously um, in the summer of, uh, or uh, the spring or summer of 24. 
And it will not just talk about how wonderful uh, Fauci did um, in fighting AIDS and all of the other catastrophes that he's made worse, but it will be, it will have three or four chapters as a ringing indictment of how stupid and useless and anti-science uh, Trump is. And it'll come out right before the, um, you know, the, uh, the election in 24. So, and he'll get, I, I say 20 million, but it could be 10 depending. And no one will buy it except the Chinese Communist Party. Um, but everyone will have claimed to read it. That's Mike, my point. Uh, Mike, you're, I don't know if I can divulge this to the public, but I know you've had some recent, very distant contact with what could be seen as gambling. What are you, the odds makers in Vegas saying on Fauci ever being forced to appear in a congressional committee? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, they, could, they can call him night and day, right? I'm going to go so. 10,000 to one that he never appears. Uh, I would be shocked if he appeared. I mean, yes. Th but this is what the Republicans, this is all we expect them to do, assuming they still aren't going to blow it and will win in uh, November. I mean, they're all out there. And they're going to have hearings. There's going to be hearings every which way. There's going to be hearings. Yeah. I don't believe it for a minute that they're going to even call him. They're going to say, let's let bygones be bygones. I think they're going to call him to hearings, but nothing's going to come of it. I think they're going to call him for hearings. They're going to, he's not going to show. They're going to hold him in contempt. And the Justice Department is going to decline to prosecute. Oh, man. So they're not going to go get him at the airport or nothing entertaining? Nope. Uh, I, I'm yeah, have to the go Republicans will say, what, what can we do? Make us president. Let, let me know when you see some prop bets on this, and maybe I'll lay down some money. FanDuel? I'm sorry? FanDuel. Okay. Ed Powell. going to make some bets on this. Hey, Powell, yes, sir. I'm going to name you our foreign policy expert since I give Ed Burner. our Burn. expert Burn. and Mike, our expert that I won't mention for the moment, and Gina, expert on all things non-binary male. Um, <laughs> JCPOA is back in the news. Biden I heard that. Lee is going to um, give into some kind of deal. Israel supposedly is begging him not to. What is the deal that you think they're going to make? I think it'll be similar to the de deal Obama made, basically, um, where uh, the status quo, which is now advanced significantly, uh, allegedly stays in place for um, reduction or removal of sanctions and uh, a big pile of cash. We're how many years since the original agreement are we? It was 15, I think, 14 or 15. No, but how many is it since? Obama said they gave them 15 years, they couldn't build a bomb, I think. But how many years has that been since? It's like seven, seven yeah. or six like or halfway seven. Halfway there. So yeah. they've managed to stall pretty well. I, I, I you know, I, I again, it, 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 without getting into anything too technical, I, I don't think it's that hard to build a nuclear weapon. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't think that. Um, that it takes seven years or 14 years or 21 years. It took the United States five years and everybody else. It would probably take one or two or less um, if, if they wanted to. And so the question is, um, there's a difference between creating a, a, a bomb like, like Little Boy or Fat Man, um, the Hiroshima and, and Nagasaki bombs, and to make the 
extremely complicated, technically complex, very miniaturized um, bombs that the United States makes today. Um, I don't think uh, the, um, the Iranians are, are quite to that level, but I mean, I, I can't imagine if they wanted to make a little boy, they wouldn't have been able to do it already. So, it, you know, it's hard to, uh, it, you know, it's, it's really hard without having any information or, and, and I don't trust anything in the media to know how far <coughs> along they are. I mean, Steve, what, what do you see in Israeli newspapers about what they think? in terms of how far along Iran is. Unfortunately, since my computer died this week and I've given all my time to getting a new one so that the internet cannot work properly, I haven't had a chance to read much on the Israeli stuff in a few days. Um, so I couldn't tell you specifically. I guess the interesting question is going to be, will Israel do something? Will they keep right. what they have been doing, you know, Stuxnets and sabotage and killing scientists, or will they ever do something far more serious. And I guess the other question is, will Saudi Arabia cheer them on, at least quietly? Yep. That, that's the Why would question. Saudi Arabia cheer on Iran? No, would they cheer Israel, no, Israel. against Iran? Ah, yes. No, well, Saudi I, Arabia I, apparently you know, just opened its skies to Israeli planes for the first time in front Yeah. Of I mean, there is this de facto alliance between Israel and the Sunnis. Um, the, the question, though, is uh, that... Uh, Israel does not really have um, the capability to attack Iran from Israel. So there is a, there is a sort of a weird alliance like um, Israel with with uh, Azerbaijan. And so the thought the thought before was that instead of staging out of Saudi, they would the, the Israelis would stage out of Azerbaijan. As a as a means to um, attack uh, uh, Tehran's nuclear sites, I think the Saudis would not, and the Kuwaitis, uh, Kuwait would be the ideal place to stage out. By the way, but I don't think they're on board. But I think I'm looking at the map here. I think the um, you know the sites are are spread around Iran. Um, they're they're deep. Um, underground, a lot of them. I mean, there's the nuclear reactor that's not deep underground, but the ones where they have, where they make uh, the nuclear stuff, um, they need to be hit with these bunker buster missiles. And, um, you know, the last time I looked, now I, I could be completely wrong, but the last time I looked, the, Iran the Israelis only had 25 planes that can deliver the bunker busters. As far as uh, delivering them by missile, it, that would be hard because, again, the, Isra the Iranians are, are not stupid. And so um, they tend to build the entrances to these things in, in mountains that face away from Israel. So it, you can imagine the missile coming. It, just, it, it can't, like, if it's a ballistic missile, it can't get to the place, right? So you kind of have to come from the back way. That's kind of why Azerbaijan is, is a great place because it, it sort of structures you to like fly in um, from where the, uh, the Iranians aren't looking. But they really only have 25 planes. So that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of missions, a lot of missions to take out 30 or 40 sites. Um, it's, it's a very, very complicated uh, military situation. And I would not like to be in the Israelis position trying to do it. Um, the Israelis have been forever trying to get the United States to do its 
you know, it's work for them. And um, I have no love for the Iranians, but I, I think that's a, a quagmire I would rather the United States not get into. Well, I think at a certain point, um, I mean, obviously, Israeli politics is ridiculously complicated, even worse, because they're in a transitional government, whatever that means. And who knows what will happen in the elections in November. But at a certain point, the Israeli public will feel it's this or another world, you know, Holocaust. And then the question is, will America do something if only to keep Israel from doing something really crazy? Because Israel will see itself as having no choice. And the Saudis may yeah. also at some point. But what's, what's the tipping point? I, I think we're getting really close to it. That's what's getting a little scary. You know, they say that Nixon yeah. saved Israel in the, in the Yom Kippur War in 73, not out of any love for Israel, but out of fear Israel would feel backed up against the wall and do something. And assuming that, then you can have that same kind of dynamic now. Because sooner or later, the Israeli public will say, uh, you know, it's been crossed the line and now what? Well, what, what, what's, think... what's, what's worse, going after them and trying to take out all those sites or dealing with a perpetually nuclear armed? Well, I think they'll feel that they can't deal with that. The game's over if that happens. But, but I don't think they can deal with, uh, with, with the wrath of the Biden administration. I think Biden will put the full force of the U.S. government on Israel if they try and act. Uh, this is a government that is threatening service members with dishonorable discharge if they won't take a vaccine. They will put all the pressure that they have on Israel and threaten Israel if Israel decides to try. It makes any noise about acting. Uh, maybe Israel will act without letting the Biden team know although I'm sure the Biden team has moles in the Israeli government. But even if even if they were able to act, I think that Biden's response or, or team Biden's response would be swift and extremely negative. They would try and impose sanctions or do something really bad to the Israelis. Am I correct that Osirak was during the Reagan administration and he did retaliate against Israel? I don't uh, recall it, the retaliation, but Osirak was very, very close to Israel and so that they could they could get in and, and it was I mean, a single I believe, site. I believe the American government did crack down on Israel pretty strongly. I'm just wondering if I think I'm it was wondering. either 83 or 84. So it was the Reagan. Administration. I, I, I think people, I, 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 you know, I, the JCPOA, which uh, um, Obama did, he did it. He did it without the support of the deep state because he sort of had, he, he didn't even, you know, he had his own negotiators and, and whatnot um, doing it. And, and I think Biden is trying to do the same sort of thing. The deep state very much likes Israel, um, but what they like more than Israel is the status quo. They just don't want anything to change. The status quo is acceptable to them. And that's what, so they, they won't want to attack. They won't want Israel to attack because that's a status quo. They don't want Russia to attack because that's that's a violation of the, of the status quo. They just don't want they don't want China to attack Taiwan. They don't want anything to change. So while they are pro-Israel, very much pro-Israel, they really are very much pro-status quo. And and like the conservatives in Congress, what are they conserving? They're conserving the status quo. That's what they want. And the deep state is the same. And so I think, I think, yes, they would react negatively towards the um, Israeli in, uh, you know, attack of Iran. Um, so 
I, I don't know. I, I, I don't really understand the interstate politics between um, Israel and the United States. Uh, for some, you know, sometimes it seems like Israel has the U.S. by the short and curlies, and sometimes it seems like the United States has Israel by the short and curlies. I, I don't understand. There's this, there's this symbiosis slash parasitism, mutual parasitism going on between the two countries that I. I really don't get what what's really in this for Iran anyway, other than the boatloads of cash you're referring to. I mean, is it just to, to neuter uh, Israel? I mean, they they made the deal once. We got a Republican president in Trump, and he ended it. So that's all it would. No, once they get nuclear weapons, it, it's over. I just uh, for the, all the, we the know, deal, the deal is presumably uh, so they they don't. But we can't trust that. We know that they're not going to stop. Only buy more time. Been working on it. We all know that Iran's been working on nuclear weapons for years and years and years. It doesn't take that long. So, I mean, for all we know, they might have them. I, I don't know. I mean, they might what's have them. For, they might not have them. Who knows? I don't what's know. In it for Iran How is could the bribe. What, what's in it for Iran is the bribe. That's what they're in it for. Uh, they're not looking to bind themselves. And I don't think that the Biden administration would hold them to anything. Um, but, Ed, I, as much as I agree with much of what you said about the deep state, being for the status quo, I think, I think it's only in certain realms. Um, I shared you got with you guys an article this morning about digital currency and how uh, the European Central Bank issued a paper uh, recently saying that uh, cash is is not acceptable anymore and that they need to move to a digital currency, a digital euro. China is in the process of doing that, uh, and I think the deep state is all in on taking away our privacy rights and being able to surveil us anywhere and everywhere through through means of a digital currency, that would be a radical uplifting or uprooting of the status quo. And I think the deep state is all in on that. So um, I think you're right about many, in many respects, the deep state is for the status quo, especially in international relations. But um, I think that they're more, believe it or not, I think that they're just anti-American. They're again, they're okay with the, the status quo, as long as America is rotting, but as soon as America has sufficiently rotted, they're all for overthrowing America. I, yeah, I think you're correct. Basically, I, when I, you know, the interest, they're interested in the international order, right? This is foreign policy now, and the international order means international, the international rules-based order. Well, who makes the rules? Well, the international organizations. Well, the UN, the UN really doesn't make any rules. NATO, that doesn't really make. Well, I mean, it's the it's the non-governmental organizations and the EU um, bureaucrats and the WEF and whatnot. It's it's that rules-based order. And if they make a rule, for instance, that we need digital currency, then of course we need that in the United States because we can't be left behind, right? So that's what I'm saying. It's it's the status quo I'm talking about is the international rules-based order where the right people make the rules. And when you violate the rules, like by invading Ukraine or by Israel attacking Iran or by China attacking Taiwan, or to be honest, we lost a lot of credibility the United States did in, in invading Iraq. Um, when that's kind of the thing that the, that the international rules-based order is supposed to prevent. Um, but what it's not supposed to prevent is, is like you, uh, one global inflationary monetary policy. Well, but one of the 
key components of the international rules today is that the United States is the leading superpower. And I think that yeah. the whole world, including the U.S. deep state, is all in on reversing that. So I, I don't think that, therefore, the status quo of the U.S. remaining the world's hegemon or, or leading power. Oh, I, I don't agree agree with that at all. I, I think to a certain extent, they've been bought out by China. But I think when, it, you know, if China were to invade uh, Taiwan, um, I think the entire Western world would do what they do to Russia. I, I, in fact, I think it would be worse than that. I think there's a you mean substantial, like, you there's mean like a substantial the world, chance. You mean like how the Western world ganged up on China for releasing the Wuhan virus and lying to the world about it? I, I honestly like believe I honestly believe the United States would uh, end up going to war uh, where we did not technically go to war against uh, against Russia. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of belligerence there, but um, I, I think I'm, we would go I, to war, too, but with the purpose of losing. Well, we certainly will <laughs> potentially lose. Um, I, I think you I, I, I think you um, give them more credit for maliciousness rather than stupidity. I mean, the one thing about the government is especially military is they're always fighting the last war and they're always pretty, um, pretty stupid. You know, I mean, I agree. They're stupid, but I also agree with you that I am crediting them with a lot of malice towards the United States. Yes. I, I think they, ha they don't have, all, they all live in the United States. They don't have any malice towards the United States. They have a malice towards the United States constitution and Republican government and self-government. They want, expert ruled government. Their, their ideal is Fauci. Fauci is the ideal deep state person. You saw he the article, says, Ed, the article in Breitbart that was titled New York Times op-ed, throw out the broken constitution and reclaim America. And that I think yeah. is your point. But I got to tell you yeah. something. There was an interesting guy. We talk about Israel and the United States. So in Israel, the speaker of their house for many years was a guy named Avraham Bork. And he kind of represented to me a lot of leftists in America, because when he lost a certain election, he moved to France. I don't remember if he gave up his Israeli citizenship and now makes his money and his fame by bashing Israel all over the world. And I think to a certain extent, American leftists are like that. Not only do they hate the Constitution, but they want to also be feted in Paris and Right. You know, I was going to say, I think that they, they, they view themselves as citizens of the world, citizens of of Paris, oh, citizens mm -hmm. of of Switzerland, citizens. Of yeah, but they don't they don't view themselves as citizens of Baghdad or citizens of Yemen. You know, I mean, they they view themselves as citizens of the. Uh, they say citizens of the globe, but it's the Western world. You know what I mean? And that and, and what that means is is Europe and you know the the Anglo countries. I don't think they think they're citizens of Singapore, or citizens of Japan. Um, I. I, I really, think I mean, the citizens of China. I think yeah, I mean, they the get Chinese model. I, I think that I, I think that it's a kind of a mutual uh, admiration society. They like the fact that China is a a dictatorship of a techno a technocratic dictatorship, which is what China actually is, and and they like that, and they want the West to do that. But I don't think. I mean, there's lots of things about China that they don't like, right? Uh, you know, China is, um, China definitely uh, would not be allowed on, to, on Twitter due to racism if they actually said, said what they actually felt about, for instance, Africans. Um, 
But, uh, you know, there's lots of things about China I don't think they like, but I think they want, um, they want all the benefits uh, from China and they want to bring sort of the Chinese, uh, you know, what do they call it? Communism with Chinese characteristics. I, want, I think they want to bring Chinese with, or communism with Chinese characteristics with American characteristics or Europe characteristics into the Western world. And I think that's basically their goal. Ruled by experts, dictatorial rule by experts. Like Fauci, like the mask mandate with the planes, right? The judge ruled that you can't impose the mask. There's no legal basis for imposing a mask mandate on planes. I was on a plane, I took my mask off as soon as the alert came on my phone. And, um, and uh, soon almost no one's wearing planes. And of course the Justice Department is suing, not because they disagree with the ruling, but because they wanna reserve the power of the CDC and I and whatnot to make those rules, make any rule. Um, I don't know whether they'll win on that suit or not, but um, my guess is they probably will win. Um, but, but we'll see, but that's what they want. They want technocratic dictator dictatorship, but they don't want to be ruled by the China. They want, they want to rule the West. Yeah, they want to rule us. They don't want the Chinese to rule. In that sense, they're not traitors in the sense that they, they're not, they don't want the China to conquer the West. I would they, say in that they sense, just, they're, they're stupid and their stupidity is treasonous because it's going to lead to oh, a Chinese yeah. dictatorship over us. They certainly give aid and comfort to the United States' enemies, but they're not, they're not in favor of making war on us. They're just in favor of replacing the constitution with essentially the Chinese system. And that's not making war on us. <laughs> well, they are not uh, patriots in the sense of uh, they're violating their oath to the Constitution daily. They're tyrants. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, let's let's be honest here, right, guys? We always are honest. <laughs> no, I mean, let's let's have some really hard truths, right? I went and saw Hamilton the other day, and of course. Well. Um, it remind. I, first of all, I like I like it, even though, um, yeah, all the things I get it. Um, but you know the uh, re, uh, the um, government, uh, the federal government paying off the state's debts from the revolution, which was like introduced in 1789 or maybe 1790. One of those two things. Like one of the first things the Congress did was to take up the. Um, the paying off of the state debts for the revolution. And that was 100% unconstitutional. There is absolutely no, uh, the same people who voted for the constitution in, in the convention were sitting there in Congress and they voted against what they voted for before. So I mean, in a lot of ways, the Congress acting unconstitutional, it has uh, you know, almost as much historical precedent as the constitution itself. And you know, to quote, um, Oh God, what's his name? Uh, Spooner, Lysander Spooner, you know, uh, whose comment was if, if, if the constitution allows this, and I think he meant slavery, then it's not working. And if it doesn't allow this, then it's not working. Um, and so, you know, while we, I, I'm not gonna talk for all of us. Well, I personally am uh, like the constitution and wish we would return to constitutional government. You know, we've never really had it. Well, now more than ever. Yeah, now more than ever. <laughs> Gina, any pearls of wisdom to share? Pearls of wisdom. Oh, goodness. 
No, not really. I got nothing. I'm I'm, I'm going to go work a festival right now, and I'm going to go see some true patriots. What there's festival? nothing. Oh. It is the Drexel Fair, so it is a week-long festival, so I've got my Republican booth up there. Um, so I don't know if you were on when I was saying we've got eight new Republicans uh, signed up, but there is nothing that makes you think red, white, and blue like a whole bunch of carnies out there um, <laughs> making money and playing rock rock and roll music while the rides are spinning. So Perfect. I, uh, it's a breath of fresh air when we go there. So just have I, a big sign it. that says you're re Republicans uh, like, you know, uh, Rand Paul and, and, uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, not Republicans like um, like Mitt Romney or well, see, and that's and that's that's a thing. So when these Liz people Cheney. come up to the tent, for example, they do the talking for us. The majority of the time, they're like, "You're not them kind of Republicans, are you?" You know, because they're the the country boys that are coming in the exhibit hall and they got their animals out at the 4-H and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, we we have a good time, and they let us know um, how they feel. Very very. Uh, eloquently well to be totally so unabashed and unashamed you should tell mm -hmm. them about this phenomenal podcast on which gina appears weekly there you go and invite them to come on and uh, join the arguments <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe they can throw some thunderbolts our way there you go we need it i was there kind of go. falling asleep in the beginning of the show <laughs> yeah you guys you guys brought the heat there both of y'all but i do have to check out because i've got to go set up so you guys enjoy the rest of the show save the world gina. Yeah. all right gina. all right i'm me, trying gina. i'll talk to you guys later bye the only other story i want to mention before i let you guys mention what you want to mention is we were making fun of abbott several months ago for sending a busload here a busload there but looking back it seems to have been a really really cool thing what do you guys think yeah, big win. I mean, New York can't stop crying. And poor <laughs> Bowser in Washington is freaking out. So couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of guys. Karma's karma's they, a bitch sometimes. Yeah, I think he, he actually to uh, drop a credit. So have they sent any to Chappaqua yet or uh, Martha's Vineyard? No, I guess the server in Chappaqua is protected. Uh, Chappa Chappaqua is not too far from the uh, the White Plains Airport, right? They were sending. It's stuff. pretty close, as far as I know. Yeah, there you go. But uh, I hear that they were inter intercepting the buses, and so that they were they were stopping early a couple of the buses and, mm -hmm. and letting the people out, like not at the what is it, the forty or thirty. The Port Authority bus terminal, oh, 38th Street or whatever. Well, I know is New um, York said they're going to be renting out one of the absolute fanciest hotels there is to house these people. So. Oh, God, I hope it's not the one I stay at when I go to New York. <laughs> I was thinking it may be cheaper as a travel agent to fly people just south of the south of the Rio Grande and book them a few weeks stay in this nice five-star hotel that way. Yeah, I mean, I, the weird thing is I, I get a lot of Britain news. And, of course, all these people are crossing the channel at, and in little boats. And the, instead of, like, saying, no, go back to France or or sinking the boats, which. Anyway, what they're doing is, like, putting them up in hotels. And, and they the, recently it all tends to be Albanians. And now Albania is not the best country in the world, but it's not at war. It, there's no huge drought or you know 
hurricane or earthquake. And the British government seems absolutely incapable of saying, no, go back, uh, go back to Albania. Is Albania um, on the official list of SO countries? I, I'm not going to go there, but I don't think it's that bad, to be honest. No, I mean, when Trump listed them. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I don't think it's that bad. So it's weird. It's like, they're Albanians. Just send them back to Albania, right? It's weird. You know, the, you see how old you guys are. Was it Mannix from Albania? I don't know. I do I remember know. the show. Um, you, you know, the United Kingdom refused entry to Lauren Southern uh, because she's conservative, and they forced her to leave. You know, they absolutely. But these Albanians just. Washing up on the shore, just, you know, three miles out from France, they're all rescued and put up in five-star hotels. And, and that just shows you that it's, it's, it's clown world. I mean, the British government is supposedly conservative government, by the way. It's just clown world. All right, Ed, in your foreign policy uh, position right now, any 30-second comment on the Finnish prime minister? I had an argument with a friend uh, who lives in Finland, um, the Finnish prime minister was, uh, you know, had a party and was dancing and and dancing rather closely with male friends that um, are not her husband. And uh, and they, you know, it all blew up into this big thing. And it's primarily blew up, let's be honest, because she's extremely hot. She's a very pretty girl. Uh, wait, wait, that's because of climate change, isn't it? Yeah, that's the climate change. Um, so my friend who lives in Finland said um, the Finns take sort of this government seriously they actually when you're on vacation and she was just returned from like a six-week vacation they actually devolve prime ministerial power to someone else so you can do whatever you want you know you can go and dance and travel and you know get drunk or whatever and it doesn't have any effect on the running of the country but when you come back this is again according not in law but according to Finnish tradition when you get back, you're supposed to be sober and basically 24-7 at the job. And she wasn't that. And that's why it caused a scandal in Finland. Now, the rest of the place is just it's because this hot 36-year-old was dancing on TikTok, right, who happened to be the prime minister. Um, so, yeah, the Finns are not happy with her. And she did take a drug test and pass because she had no prior history of drug use. But she was obviously uh, she was obviously intoxicated. Um, while she was, quote unquote, on duty. And I think that was the now, you know, when you think about intoxication on duty, if, if that were absolutely forbidden in, in uh, uh, the leader, we'd all be speaking German because Winston Churchill started drinking whiskey when he got up in the morning and, and stayed intoxicated the entire day. Right. So I, so I guess I wonder if, if England we would have had TikTok Finland. during JFK and LBJ's administrations. What it would have looked like? I, I think it would have looked the same because I think the press covered up for LBJ and JFK, and the press is covering up for people like Fauci. And, and no, but I mean, uh, TikTok would have had videos of JFK's pool parties. And... No, they'd have been taken down. You know, of course, someone would have grabbed them and put them on 4chan, but I mean, no, there wouldn't be any videos. I mean, we we get the videos of Biden falling off his bike or Biden. Um, you know, uh, not sniffing being the hair of other women and sniffing the hair of, uh, because I Little think girl. the people in charge <laughs> want to rub it into our, uh, they really want to rub it into us that it doesn't matter who, who we vote for or, or, um, 
whether we vote at all. They will put a demented pervert on, on the throne, whether we want it or not. So I think they're just trying to rub that in. But like Putin, he obviously would, would not and does not allow videos of him on the internet. And JFK Except and when he's you know, barebacked and you know bare chested. Yeah, yeah. Carefully crafted videos. He's he allows on the internet. Carefully crafted. All right, guys, final uh, comments. What didn't I let you talk about today? My loser of the week. Mayor of New Orleans, right? I was watching Tucker last night, and I don't know if you guys saw it, but apparently she showed up at a court hearing. Um and was supporting a carjacker, a carjacker, the carjacker's family, um, and not the victim. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting back and I'm thinking about a lot of the things that have been happening recently. We had the store owner in New York City who was about to be prosecuted for defending himself and killing the, the, uh, the, the criminal. Not even the um, owner, just that was a, just a, an immigrant worker. Yeah. Um, Recently, there was another incident in New York City where another criminal just randomly struck a guy in the head. He sucker punched him from behind. The guy collapsed to the ground, had a skull fracture. Um, I don't know if he has brain damage or not, uh, but, you know, obviously it was really, really serious. And uh, this was somebody else who should have been behind bars, has been in trouble for sex offenses and things of that nature in the past. Uh, I, you know, we see a lot of these stories and I'm juxtaposing that with the fact that leftists will whine and cry after there's a shooting. And they, you know, these are the people who want to disarm us. They want to disarm innocent citizens. But at the same time, they've got all these people in power. You know, we were talking about prosecutors earlier um, and how not only will they do plea deals, but now they're basically letting people run right back onto the street after committing serious crimes. So it, it's, it's hard to rationalize it other than the fact that, that we know that there's just a bunch of evil, evil tyrants. Um, and it's not just that they hate the Constitution, as we were talking about before. They hate us. They hate freedom. And all of this, all of this is to make us live in fear so that they can impose their will on us. Disgusting. Thank you. Thank you for your upbeat commentary. I've got something upbeat. I, okay. Beat me up. Beat you up. up. I don't beat anybody up. Uh, one story that I've seen sort of jumping around on the internet is how Mitch McConnell has got this defeatist attitude that the Republicans aren't going to take the Senate. And when asked why, he said, because it's poor candidates. And my first reaction was, you know, the same as everybody else. You know, it's if there are poor candidates, it's because he doesn't know how to choose and he doesn't know how to lead and all the rest. But but then I started thinking about it and I started thinking. A poor candidate to Mitch McConnell is probably a good candidate to us, and he's probably pessimistic. I mean, I haven't looked at every one of the candidates that's running. Um, you know, I'm familiar with the candidates in Ohio and Arizona, um, in Nevada. Um, Dr. Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Well, and I bet you McConnell, I bet you McConnell thinks Dr. Oz is a good candidate. In fact, I know that he does because uh, in, in one of the stories I saw, he's pouring money into the Dr. Oz race. He doesn't think Dr. Uh, Oz is a waste of money. He thinks that Dr. Oz is the good candidate to him. 
So mm-hmm. it's sort of like, you know, a good Muslim to them is a bad Muslim to us. And a bad Muslim to them is a good Muslim to us. And it's sort of the same thing. If McConnell thinks that the current crop of Senate candidates is, are bad candidates, I'm sort of hopeful that maybe if they do win, not only will they win a majority, but we might get some some pretty good uh, some pretty good candidates in, in office. That's what I'm hoping. I'm so that was, my, that was my up, upbeat uh, story for the week. Uh, the, the negative story that I have, because I couldn't not have a negative story, <laughs> is, uh, and I couldn't ha- not have a negative story about China, uh, they, they're, demol- they're continuing to demolish cities, and there's talk that there's a serious banking crisis in China and that they're really teetering on the brink. Um, I'm still trying to get some research on that and give a little more detail, but um, things are things are looking to be pretty bad in China economically. And, uh, you know, you talked about uh, an invasion of Taiwan. We've talked about that, uh, I guess, for about a year and a half now. And, uh, you know, we'll see what we'll see what's coming. Um, I, I, I continue to believe that the talks about digital currency uh, and and Chinese problems are are not disconnected. I think that uh, a reshuffling of the world financial system is coming, and you know we uh, we will see. I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. I think that the powers that be are fomenting a crisis in time to affect the elections, which means it's not going to happen on November fifth or sixth. It's going to happen sooner. So we'll see. I mean, you know, we're at the end of August, so. We're looking at September or October for something big possibly to happen. Okay, well, my loser of the week, of course, is Dr. Fauci. I'm going to quote a tweet from a a guy named Greg Price. The legacy of Dr. Fauci will forever be a grandparent dying alone in a hospital room while Fauci himself does another photo shoot for a magazine cover. That's his legacy. Um, The one thing I didn't talk about, though, that is interesting is the assassination of a uh, young woman in Russia, Daria Dugina, her father, Alexander Dugin, is a, a rather obscurantist philosopher. I've tried to understand what um, Dugin has, uh, is trying to say um, from a philosophical perspective for a number of years, um, because he's said to be very influential. His thought, not himself, but his thought is said to be influential to Vladimir Putin. And you really kind of want to understand your the you know, your enemy. And he is very obscurantist. He, he, he is, you know, uh, very much into some of the worst of the French philosophers. Um, but I think from a political perspective, he is in favor of what is called multipolarity. And uh, that means he is not against the American Western empire, but he wants it to be balanced by a uh, Russian Asian and you know Eurasian Empire and a Chinese Eastern Empire and those three things and um, from the standpoint of that he is kind of a Russian imperialist in the sense that he wants um, revanchism on the Soviet law lo- Soviet border lines ish. Um, his daughter, uh, you know, she seems <laughs> she seemed nice in the videos. Um, but she was a, a very much a shill for the Russian invasion of Ukraine. 
with all of the usual horrible, you know, the Ukrainians are Nazis and they're, 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 you know, murdering people and, you know, all the things the Russians are doing to the Ukraine, she accused the Ukrainians of doing the Russians. And to a certain extent, that may be true. You never know what's going on. Um, but she was very much a shell for the Russian invasion. She was murdered by a car bomb and they don't know whether she, or at least, first of all, you can, other than the bare fact that she was murdered by a car bomb, nobody knows what's going on. The Russians thought it was, it has have put out that it's a Ukrainian agent. The Ukrainians are like, hey, it's not me. Um, there are there are Russian groups opposed to Putin in Russia, um, and uh, you know, but why her rather than her dad? Um, and so there's all these questions we'll never know the answer to, except the bare fact that uh, this thirty-year-old uh, woman was, uh, uh, you know, not particularly admirable person. Um, the report from a, one report from an insider who was not aligned with Putin said that. In, in real life, uh, Daria was a, you know, quite a reasonable person, but that she has this, this ultra nationalist, ultra, you know, Russian ultra pro-invasion, pro-Putin persona that she puts on on TV, you know, uh, as a, um, you know, as, as her job, almost like an actress. And, you know, to a certain extent, that's what our media is too. So I, I don't know who, who murdered her, but I can tell you that um, it's really ticking a lot of people off in Russia, and that is not good. Okay, um, I'm going to go off my usual route and actually contribute something at the very end that is kind of upbeat. We've talked many times about why don't conservatives cough up big bucks, and I shared an article in the show notes about this dude who contributed $1.6 billion to some kind of fund he has with the head of the Federalist Society for conservative causes. So I don't know what the details are. I don't know what's gonna come of it, but that may be one incredible example of a George Soros on the other side doing something. Hopefully. Good for him. So it'll be interesting. All right, folks, with that, we're gonna close up for the evening. We will be back next week at regular time, we hope. Thank you for being here with us today and have a wonderful evening.